1: It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night. About it. a real seas fan wouldn't wanna live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the other guys are going plan a vacation. Plan a vacation. Yeah, Corralis, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining and J's Rain Millie's Hey there, welcome back. This is the Locked On Celtics
0: Podcast. I want to thank every single one of you for taking us along with you on your Monday through Friday grind. We're here for you. Every day of the work week, we are the Rain and Jays. John Corrales, Samuel Jamison Packard III. We're going to try this again. So last night after the game, if you listened to yesterday's show, you heard me explain and maybe could tell by my voice how pissed off I was that an hour long podcast that we did went nowhere. It just, half of it didn't record. So we are going to try and run it back a little bit. I got Sam back with me. We're ready to go. We're going to talk about the, the game. We're going to talk about uh, Danny Ainge talking about how he doesn't like the Time Lord nickname, which I think is perfect. And then Al Horford's knee injury. We haven't really talked about that much. So we'll talk about Al Horford's knee injury later. So Sam, as you said before the show, before we started recording this one, we'll do an hour long podcast in 10 minutes. So you got takes to fire off. Let's go.
2: All right. This was an hour of, of good stuff, so I'm kind of going to try and reduce it down. But I, I thought about it a little bit, and I think, I think we can do it. But boom, first take. Kyrie's insane. Kyrie is uh, absolutely the best bad shot maker in the league. He is the Vladimir Guerrero of basketball, um, and anyone wanting more coherent or in-depth analysis for that is an asshole. Because, <laughs> like, he just made that, that three in the corner and then pulled up from 30 feet. And both of them were just like, wow. Like, yeah. that's extremely talented. And that's not, I can't draw up a play. I can't, like, break down the statistics of that. That's just Kyrie being a badass. And so that's my, that was my big Kyrie takeaway after watching the Wizards game.
0: The, and I love the Vlad Guerrero comparison. Because I've seen Vlad Guerrero go down to a knee and hit a ball that bounced before it reached the plate. And that's just a perfect comparison because he could hit bad pitches and turn them into something, and Kyrie can take bad shots and turn them into something. The corner three was more impressive than the, the other three because of the defense, because of the shot clock winding down. The other three, the, the nail in the coffin, the one that was from 40 feet away, he stepped into that. He lined it up. That I mean, still super, super impressive. I mean, that was crazy. But yeah, I mean, and Kyrie, you know what we didn't give Kyrie credit for before the overtime, the full court drive and dump off pass to Jason Tatum for the dunk. And that, that play was awesome. And it got lost in everything. Just want to give Kyrie the credit for doing that, going the length of the floor, going by everybody like they were standing there as if they were the skills competition pylons. And then when Kelly Oubre stepped up to cut him off, dumped off this gorgeous wraparound pass to Tatum for an easy dunk that put them up three and at least enabled them to go to overtime. So I got to make sure that we get that in there too. It's
2: hilarious that we didn't cover that pretty big play in the hour long podcast. We did another thing we didn't mention. Uh, he took a huge charge against John wall late in that game. That really um, did the wizards had momentum that we didn't mention that one either. So he all around, he played a fantastic game, but he was clutch late. They'll score the last 12 points of the game, score the majority of points in uh, the fourth quarter and overtime. And that's why uh, they brought him in here to be the, like you could tell early on in the first half when they just weren't scoring. It's like, Oh, this is going to be a game where they need Kyrie just to be Kyrie. And he was happy to do it because he's quite good at basketball. He was consulting with his uh, council of elders and (laughs) he, he determined that he just needed to needed to be a badass motherfucker. And he did that.
0: I'd picture him going up to the Quickie Mart mountain, like with Homer and Apu. Is, are you really the original founder of Quickie? Yes. yes. You? Yes. Really? Yes. Thank you. Come again. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next point.
2: Marcus Smart. He's absolutely insane. He did everything in that game. He did, made steals, but and created way more turnovers that he got credit for. And he's also was absolute amazing creating uh, offensive rebounds in the overtime, especially that one where he went flying in um, and kicked it to Terry Rozier in the corner, who knocked down a huge three. There's just no way to kind of like the only way you can measure Marcus smarts, like impact statistically is wins. And that's like, that's his statistic. He impacts winning and he's absolutely insane. It was one of the best smart games we've ever seen and he had that absurd quote that Jay King tweeted after the game about playing the five he said it was more like a six a straight six tonight which makes no sense and that's awesome but he yeah. is he is absurd
0: I think I tried to explain the best I could last night with that Yeah I, I don't know but that's that's the beauty of Marcus Smart it doesn't have to make sense it makes sense to him and that's all that matters
2: and he's just like a like I was trying to explain that like he's not just like the intense guy who's going to make 50 50 balls and this like be like uh, all out effort. Like he, yes, that's absolutely part of who he is. He's going to be the first guy on the floor, but he's also just has like this weird sixth sense of being in the right place at every time, like on those offensive rebounds, crashing, um, creating turnovers, just like random turnovers in transition against Bradley Beal, getting tips um all, like just, he's just, uh, he's, it's, this is more just great analysis for me. (laughs) Kyrie Irving's amazing and Marcus Smart is insane. And I'm like, I don't know what else you can take from that because that's seriously, uh, that's the biggest takeaway from the Wizards game.
0: What did I say the other night? Like, I feel like I I can't say Marcus Smart is a smart player because it sounds like I'm making a bad pun, but I'm not. He's very smart player and you see him watch him in late seconds, late clock defensive situations on out-of-bounds plays. Watch him directing that play where they fouled with 13 seconds left. If you watch that again, you'll see Marcus Smart is directing everybody. No, you stand two steps this way, and then he's basically signaling this guy's going to go, and he makes the big, like looping with his arm. And that's exactly what the the wizard player did. I forget who it was, but He knows everything. He knows exactly how it's going to go. He knows how the players should be playing. He is exceptionally intelligent. And I've said this before. I wrote about it on Reds Army. He doesn't get the credit for his on-court basketball IQ because he does so much crazy shit that you just get so caught up in the madness of Marcus Smart flying in for blocks or diving on the floor, taking charges and being a maniac that you lose sight of the fact that he is extremely intelligent and he knows where to be on the floor, what's going to happen. He reads things. He understands tendencies. He studies the other players. And that's why he's in a position to do all this crazy shit. And I think it's really important that you give Marcus Smart, or we in general, uh, the collective we, give Marcus Smart the credit for not just being a lunatic out there, which he is, but for being very smart so he can capitalize on his lunacy
2: a strong agree moving on to the next point because we gotta we gotta go here Marcus Morris be star. <laughs> Marcus Morris was insane in that game he missed most of his threes except for one that was wide open but still ended up with 21 or 27 points um he was the, the stabilizing force for the Celtics as he's been uh, pretty much since his his entire tenure with the Celtics but the start of the fourth quarter brad runs out an insane lineup that featured Brad Wanamaker and semi and Baines and Tito. And it just, it wasn't going anywhere good fast. They bring in Marcus Morris. He immediately scores four points. Um, and he was fantastic. And then down the stretch in the fourth quarter, um, he went up for a dunk somehow missed the dunk and tipped it back in. And then the next time down the court had like one of the most finesse and nicest touch left-hand tip-ins that went way high in the air I've ever seen. It's just, he was fantastic and he has been the most consistent Celtic this season.
0: Yeah. As I said, I tweeted this, excuse me. I tweeted this in the game, zero panic in his game, no matter what the situation, if a guy's closing out on him or if he's got the ball with the clock winding down, he is aware exactly of how much time he needs, how much space he has zero panic. He does not rush one bit. He hit that buzzer beater from, I think Terry Rozier gave him the ball and he just knew exactly turn around jump shot fade away as Millie says in the open it's a a very cool calm and uh collected Marcus Morris and and that's exactly who he's been all year a stabilizing force for the Celtics
2: and he doesn't get enough credit at least in my mind for his versatility is like against the Wizards they put some smaller guys on him the Celtics went small um and he's really ability to just kind of abuse the smaller guys and get to the rim but if they put a bigger guy on him He's great in the pick and pop game and can knock down threes. And so that's like his shot profile. It's something we talked about at length last night, but his ability to change it. And basically we saw a little bit of the ISO MOOC last night, but in this season, it's been threes or like getting to the rim or or posting up smaller players, which is his bread and butter. And he's been insane. He's, he's top 20 in the league in true shooting percentage, which is fantastic. And I genuinely think he should be an all-star, no bias whatsoever. Okay, maybe extreme <laughs> bias, um, but but still, he's been I, he's been amazing.
0: Yes, I well, I can see him. I, <laughs> I, I can see him maybe as an injury replacement all star.
2: Okay. Next. Oh yeah, that works for me. Next point: John Wall is a baby. My God, that guy is whining <laughs> like yes. that. He was fantastic in the third, in the fourth quarter, and in overtime. Um, but it's like, how can you complain when you're absolutely blowing by dudes that you're getting fouled? Like the Celtics did not stop him whatsoever or nearly come close to contesting that at the rim. And after every single made layup, he turned around complaining. And then after the game, he had the ridiculous quote about how he's used to not getting it to the line because he's John wall. It's not new to him. Like he's a tremendous talent. Um, but my God, he's just, it's, it's so annoying to watch him play. Um, and just whine the entire time. And I mean, the guy's never gotten out of the second round and he's never learned how to shoot. Like I tweeted this last night or during the game, every pull-up jumper was a, a win for the Celtics. The guy loves to shoot mid-range jumpers and is not very good at it. And I don't know what exactly changed. I think that the Celtics went a lot smaller um, down the stretch and made it a lot easier for him to get to the rim. But um, him shooting, he had, a, he had a chance to tie the game in a pretty open three at the end, and he's just not good. So his <laughs> lack of shooting, his lack of uh, clutch play in the playoffs, and his general whininess uh, um we are out. I'm officially out on John Wall, although I've been out on John Wall for a while now.
0: Yeah, see, I, I used to like John Wall, but uh, first of all, the um, the I, I tweeted out a, a pretty b- blatant uh wall complaining about not about getting fouled. He drove and um, clearly didn't get hit, he clearly didn't get hit, and he comes out like slapping his arm, calling for the foul, like dude, you. Maybe, maybe because of the angle, he brushed past um, Kyrie, but that didn't affect any, like, he just needs to shut up. Like, what's his point? Like, is, is, is there some anti-John Wall bias? Why would there be any John Wall bias in the league? Why would anybody not want a guy who's got as much talent as him for a team like the Washington Wizards? With a a nice history and in a nice area, uh, you know, to to a a nice size market, they could be uh, very beneficial to the to the NBA. There's no reason for the NBA to not want John Wall to get free throws or anything like that. So for him to complain, that's just ridiculous. And I think is it's part of John Wall's just overall personality. Like I, I just think he's too good for he thinks he's too good for certain things. I uh, I don't think I'll it's a
2: coincidence it that the Wizards have had terrible chemistry for the like recent like recent past. Like he clearly is just not a guy that any like people enjoy playing with him and Marcin Gortat were basically enemies and we're just like openly talk shit about each other in the press and then like when he went out last year it was like everyone on the Wizards got a lot happier and they're talking about like everybody eats. Like I think eventually you're, like, the stories are going to come out that just John Wall's a, probably uh, not a very fun guy to play with. So that was another t- uh, huge takeaway from that game. But I'm moving on to the Time Lord. Man, everything that guy does is violent. Um, the blocks were cool, but the goaltend was way cooler. <laughs> it was just I love the intimidating goaltend. It's uh, fantastic. Scal's on board. This was the first time I heard Scal just casually dropping Time Lord. We got Gorman to say the Time Lord. Um, we I painted uh, like forty five minutes of last night's podcast it was just me talking about the Riffs Man and Gorman hanging out somewhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, the was. Time Lord continues to bring the funk, to bring the energy. Maybe got a little bit exposed to switching out on the perimeter and getting attacked in the pick and roll. But I thought he made some uh, some nice adjustments, at least on one or two plays. Um, but man, that guy's violent. It's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm all for the message sending goaltends like just let people know i'm in your airspace and yeah that was that one was on the way down but just make note of how high i can go and i can go get these shots and sometimes that's enough to let a guy know like oh okay i gotta make sure i gotta account for him and wherever he is so i'm i'm all that. And yeah, he did get exposed a little bit in pick and rolls, but he's a rookie, and he's going to get exposed from time to time. He's still learning, and defense in the NBA is very, very complicated. It's difficult, and it's especially difficult because of the player freedom of movement rules. Every player that I hear talk about defense says it's harder to defend right now in the NBA, and that's perimeter guys who really, you can't touch anybody. You almost have to let guys go by you sometimes, and that puts a lot of pressure on a guy like uh, Williams, the bigs who have to now cover a lot of space and make up for a lot of mistakes or at least things that, that get past the perimeter. So he's got a lot to learn, but I think for, for him right now, it's, it's a very nice progression. I like where he's going. I like where he's at.
2: Um, very abbreviated junk drawer. Jason Tatum dunked on Sam Decker. Uh, the delay of game technical was bullshit. And I can't remember anything else. <laughs> the junk man, it's fleeting.
0: Yes. So, all right, that's good. We did that in like 16 minutes, I think. So, that's night. Nice, we, we, we talked for like an hour. So, to get that down to 16 minutes, that was, that was pretty good. Okay. Uh, up next, Danny Ainge, not a fan of the Time Lord. Also, Danny Ainge, not good at giving nicknames. So, we'll talk about that in a minute. First, Lockdown NBA net on Instagram and on Twitter, locked on NBA net on Instagram is a curated, I mean, is a feed of various clips from the uh, network. So you get in the stories, little 15 second snippets in the feed, a lot longer clips. So you can sample the network and get a sense of what other shows you might want to take a look at or listen to. And then on the lockdown NBA net Twitter, you get that curated feed, the best of the best from all of us across the On podcast network. So, the 30 shows and however many hosts that ends up being 60 plus hosts that it's all condensed into one feed so you get the best of the best so go ahead and give a follow to locked on nba net on
1: instagram and on twitter nfl teams making bold final moves before the start of the season from our local experts to your ears these are the biggest stories on the locked on podcast network
0: Danny Ainge on the radio today said uh, he does not like the nickname Time Lord for Robert Williams. Uh, And so that's part one. Part two, he came up with a nickname called uh, Lob Williams. No, like trash. Come on. Come on. Come on, Danny. Uh, But I should say, I want to thank Danny Ainge for this. Because as I expressed on previous podcasts, I was afraid that the nickname might get too mainstream because I I think right now Brian Scalabrini is in a very, uh, very, I guess, excited mode when it comes to the Time Lord because he says a lot. Max
2: Lederman has been manipulating Brian Scalabrini and getting him weirder and weirder, and I like it. Well,
0: we're, I, I like skewing him weird. He's figuring it out, but he, I'm still a little bit afraid. But today, when Danny Ainge came out and said, I think that's a bad name, we can do better. I, it just galvanizes all of the people behind the Time Lord nickname. And I'm a, I was afraid that if Danny Ainge came out and was like, yeah, calling him Time Lord during, up, during the entire interview then I'd be like, oh, man, now this is getting old. So I want to thank Danny Ainge for kind of galvanizing the, the Time Lord proponents because now it's it remains cool.
2: Here's the thing about, like, who does Danny Ainge think he is? Like, like <laughs> he should leave the basketball stuff to him and leave the nonsense to guys like me. I wouldn't go on public airwaves and uh, try to tell Danny Ainge how to do his job. That's not something I would ever do. Um, no. But... No, that's not the whole point of the off-season podcast. But um you think the Angels would learn. Like, the same exact thing happened with Tito. <laughs> like, Austin oh, Ainge yeah. came and tweeted it out and basically legitimized the entire thing. All, all of a sudden, next thing you know, I'm getting interviewed by the Boston Globe asking about, like, the rise of, uh, of Tito. So they really uh haven't figured Man, this thing that. out. Yeah, and that's, like, how that whole started. The Austin Ainge tweet that has that is now deleted, by the way. So who knows what's going on there, but really? Yes. And then to come back after criticizing time Lord, which is just universally loved. And like, has he not seen the memes like the, the quality of the meme and the photoshops for the time Lord compared to any other player on the Celtics have been insane. Like they are the, the images that are being created because of the time Lord um, are fantastic. And like, you just got to recognize greatness when it smacks you in the face. And it absolutely has. And I think, like, he's a bit of concern because he thinks it's, like, making fun of Robert Williams for being late. Um, but if you, like, read into the the genesis of the Time Lord, and Tom Westerholm did a good story on this initially. It, I think the Man started calling him that to make fun of people, like, who would, who thought it was, like, a really big deal that he missed, like, his first couple of uh, things. It was kind of just, like, a a gag name like that it wasn't really like criticizing Robert Williams it was more making fun of the people on like sports talk radio who might think it's an issue so I maybe think just this, this like the the angels don't really understand weird Celtics Twitter I don't think really anyone understands real uh weird Celtics Twitter but um so I can understand their kind of like nervousness about like making that stick but it's just so obviously awesome that it's uh, – and, and to counter with, with lob Williams is just – it's intellectually lazy. It's, it's <laughs> bullshit.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I can't – I hear no lies in your statement. It's, I, exactly.
2: I rarely lie.
0: No, you, you're not a liar. You're very truthful. I'm like the ball. I am a teller of truths. Yes, neither you nor your hips lie.
2: My, the, my hips, my voice, and the ball have never lied.
0: Yeah, Lob Williams is a shitty nickname. Even though he does go up and catch lobs, I'm not, nope, nope. Lob Williams is a great 1981 nickname. Like, that's something that before Twitter, when they were like in the old, I don't know, sports channel days where, you know, you had the grainy, whatever. Lines, grainy footage, like calling him Lob Williams back then. I can see that Robert Lob Williams. Okay, that not twenty eighteen in the age of weird Celtics Twitter. No, 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 no,
2: no. In in the in the third year of the riffs in the in the day of our Lord, (laughs) like to just come with Lob Williams. I get it. It's Lob, and that's what he does. Catches Lob, and it rhymes with Rob. There are two levels to it. I'll I'll give him that. But um, come on, that's I mean, there is already Lob City. Um, It's just lacks all creativity. Um, And, but you're right. We have to thank him for, because now he's basically legitimized it. He's made it much more of a story that it actually is because now he's like, I guess the, the, the radio guys probably asked him about it. I didn't actually go back and listen to the audio, but they probably asked him directly. But now he's on the record against it. It's basically, it's his nickname forever. Although it was going to be his nickname forever already. It's already on his basketball reference. He is the time. lord.
0: He is the time Lord. Uh, I like, like Sam Sheehan tweeted out uh, today when I guess Felger we got a tweet that said Felger liked it yeah and and
2: I saw tweets that he hated it so yeah I would assume he hates it because he's a very negative man and doesn't like anything yes
0: Yes. I would assume that he also I I would also assume the same thing because I don't see why he would like it like he has no frame of reference to any of this and he was one of the guys was shitting on Williams for being late And Sam Sheen exactly the Time Lord was making fun of basically that guy. Right. So, and that's what Sam Sheehan said. It's like when when he was tweeted that um, Felger was anti-Time Lord, and, and Sheehan was like, Yeah, great. That's that's exactly that's that was the point. Like it was specifically geared towards making fun of Felger. So if Felger hates it, then that's mission accomplished. That more than the nickname sticking. The fact that Felger addresses it and says that he hates it is the exact stated goal of the nickname. Like, that's it. That was the point. The, all along. So.
2: Mission accomplished.
0: That's it. Put up the banner. Put
2: fire up the, banner. up the aircraft carrier. That's a, that's a solid pol- uh, political reference circa 2004.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We'll leave that there. And before I make any more political references and get myself in trouble. We'll just say we're coming back with Al Horford injury talk. How bad Woo! is that left knee? We're going to do that after I remind everybody that the Locked On NFL podcasts are uh, awesome. If you are a Patriots fan like myself, go ahead and listen to the Locked On Patriots podcast. If you are a Dolphins fan and you want to relive the glory of that crazy play last Sunday, go ahead. Search for locked on Dolphins They're doing that Or you it, can was, hate-
2: it was pretty funny in retrospect As not a Patriots, like as a mild Patriots fan Kind of hilarious, but yeah. that's a digression
0: I've, I've slowly Backed away, like I'm less and less and less Of a football fan as time goes on um, I just watched that Like in the past, I would have lost my mind Like I just watched that was like, huh Oh, that was less than ideal that was- uh, That's
2: not a good way to win a game
0: Oh, no. so Go ahead, search for your favorite team if you are locked, if you are a fantasy football player, there's two locked on fantasy football podcasts. Go ahead, subscribe to those. Locked on NFL, all of it. It's all available wherever you found us. So Al Horford is hurt. His left knee is bothersome, and he has something called patellofemoral pain syndrome. It is a pain that. Many of you listening probably have, if you've done any sort of running, they call it runner's knee, and it's a pain that is basically at the front of your knee, at the kneecap. He also has said that he has a thing called patellar tendinitis, of which I am very, very familiar, because I've been dealing with that basically since my sophomore year in college, which was much longer ago than I care to admit. And the, the good thing, though is that these are not um, injuries like someone would take a wrong step and tear something or strain something or whatever. It's an overuse injury, but the good thing is that's something that's treatable, anti-inflammatory, stuff like that. So I am encouraged by this, and I think now in December against a horrible part of the schedule, or at least I mean horrible competition, this is the time to sit them out. Give him a couple of weeks off, get that knee rehabbed, do all the right things, and then let him come back after Christmas. And the Celtics are fine without him right now. The competition's bad. I'm good with this, and I I think that that particular injury, I'm encouraged by that diagnosis.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously you would prefer that he didn't have it, but the fact that he... Of course. There's no real, like it's not something you need to do surgery for. It's just really something that that, that, like gets better with rest. And I learned all this, um, because I texted my friend who's in medical school. So that's, that's my basis for all of this. Um, but. I think you just give him like the, the Joel Embiid treatment at this point, like there's no reason for him to play, um, in back to backs, uh, just slow him down. You need Al Horford to be ready for the playoffs. Um, the Celtics clearly have enough enough depth and enough talent um to win games without him but he's clearly going to be a very good player. <coughs> oh, sorry about that, but there's no reason to rush him back, get him the rest that he needs. And the one thing that I think is just like I think is actually more encouraging is that he said he's been feeling kind of pain for about a month now and I think that explains kind of the the slippage in his play um when the Celtics were playing pre thanksgiving not great basketball and it felt like um they couldn't stop any guard penetration i'm specifically thinking of that hornets game with kemba walker um and that Knicks game with trey burke it just felt like he was a step slow and so if there's an actual reason for that and it was his pain in his knee um that's better than just like the decline of him being old so um it's not great that he has it but i think it's something you're right with the schedule they're just going to rest him the rest of the way and be cautious and Bonus, uh, every game that Al Horford uh, rests, that's just going to mean more Time Lord minutes. And so you got to see this uh, uh, glass half full, empty. I don't even know. Whatever the positive one is. It's Um, a glass. It's got water in it. It's a glass, and the Time Lord is in it, so drink it down. Um, (laughs) So it's not great, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Basically, he just needs to play a little bit less. And right now the Celtics are rolling without him, so... Not the biggest deal in the world.
0: Yep, I, I'm in complete agreement. Uh, they've got Daniel Tice. He's there. He's ready to play. They've got Lob Williams, who's there, who's oh ready God, to play. It's so bad. <laughs> right? It doesn't even work. Like, I tried to throw that in there casually, and it just does not work. I don't like I, it.
2: I do try some points to not refer to him as the Time Lord, because I don't want to, like, kill it, as you say earlier. And yeah. it's just, like, really hard to write, and my notes are, like, Rob or Williams is too generic, and so I feel like I, it's it's kind of difficult. But Lob Williams, I'm never gonna write that. That's it's a no. Trick.
0: It's terrible. It's terrible. I I think because I am a lot more uh, play it straight kind of guy. I can use the Robert Williams like you're you're not taking this uh, like you said the other day. It was a couple of weeks ago that uh, that's your exact lane is. Basketball knowledge, but doesn't take it very seriously at all. Like that and that's the exact type of lane that you need to be in to, to feel like Time Lord is a is a way to refer to him on a regular basis. I'm, yeah, the
2: the people out there should just be happy I'm not calling him Boo Butt, as I thought I was going to be calling him at the start of the season, because that now, is another one of his nicknames.
0: Look. <laughs> to have a nickname like Boo Butt that that's a nickname that should have just risen to prominence. Like that's a perfect nickname for weird Celtics Twitter and weird Celtics Twitter is so powerful that it didn't even bother with boo, Butt. so we could do better. We don't need boo, Butt. we can do better. And we do, we give you time Lord. Like that was just beautiful. Just, w- wonderfully done. That's just perfect. I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe constantly of weird stuff looks Twitter and the power. Okay. So that's it. Al Horford, Danny Ainge, last, uh, not last night's game, two nights ago now. Uh, that's it. That's the Friday podcast, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I think we might have hit on something with last night's podcast with the random, I put out a call. I don't know if you listen to it, Sam. I, I put out a call for people on Skype. And say, who's, who's on Skype? What's your name? And we got like three people in one of them, is Alex Kungu, who writes, used to write for me on Red's army writes now on Celtics blog. Uh, who's also going to be a lawyer and it's great, great stuff. Very impressive. I, I, I think we might do more of that. I, yeah. I, think, I think the occasional random, are you on Skype? What's your name? Let, well, let's podcasting do it. for the people. What we need? Yeah. To, it's like a,
2: it's a collective junk drawer and like people need to get these takes off and we can be that outlet for them.
0: Yeah. So just keep that in mind if you're listening. Uh, we normally record at night the previous night. So a Friday podcast, we're normally recording the previous night. Somewhere, depends, if, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night. So just keep that in mind. If you've got a Skype, watch for the tweets. Watch for me on Red's Army underscore John. Maybe we'll tweet it out from the Rain and Jays account. If one of us tweets it, we'll all retweet it. Maybe we'll get you onto uh, a Skype thing. So we'll try to make that a thing, a new feature. So subscribe. If you're a new listener, that could be a thing. You could be subscribing to a podcast that you could be a guest on. So go ahead and subscribe to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Regular subscribers. Of course, you could do it too. In the the meantime, give us that five-star rating. Give us that good written review. Really, really helps us out and share the podcast. Tell everyone, spread the word. Listen to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.
1: Rejecting the Screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard,
2: and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov.
1: And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the Screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday.